the top five most important defensive players this year? You are Locked On Turks, your daily podcast on the Maryland Turks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making us part of your day. Make sure to like and subscribe for daily Maryland Terrapins content. We're here every single day. Who are the top five most important players on the defensive side of the ball? Yesterday, I talked about the offensive side of the ball, but today I want to go over the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go in order, and remember, these aren't the five best players, but these are the five most important players on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion. And I'm going to start with number five in Quishon Fuller. If Maryland wants success on defense, the pass rush has to be there. I've talked about it a lot. We haven't had a great pass rush in forever. We give up a lot of sacks. Last year, we led the Big Ten with giving up sacks with 42. But can we get to the quarterback? That's a question that remains to be determined because we just haven't been able to do it in a while in a consistent basis. It's hard to do in the Big Ten with how good some of the offensive lines are. But that is part of the reason I have to put Krishan Fuller up there as in the top five and at number five. He's inexperienced, hasn't played a ton, but remember, he was a transfer from Florida State and one of the more highly talented um, players coming out of high school, but he transferred a couple of years ago from Florida State, was in the rotation a little bit last year on the edge, but didn't play a ton. So this is his first year as a real starter, but in my opinion, when I watch him like in the spring game and last year, when you see him. He has all the size and tools to be a really good player. When I previewed the defensive end group, I talked about it in a similar way. But he really does have tools to be a really good player. So that's kind of why I'm thinking him at number um, five. You could also, of course, put Kellen Wyatt, who's a sophomore this year, played a ton as a freshman, who's also part of that Jack linebacker, outside linebacker, edge group, whatever you kind of want to define them as. And then also Donnell. Brown, who's a transfer from, from St. Francis. You could put any of those guys in there. All three of those guys expect to make an impact um, and get to the um, quarterback. But I'm curious to see how well the staff has developed Quishon because he does have a ton of traits, like I said, to be one of the better pass rushers in the Big Ten. So I'm intrigued by him. I'll be watching him early on. But like I said, he has all the size and tools to be a legit Big Ten pass rusher. And we're going to need that. It can change what we can do on defense if we can get there with four guys rushing the passer. It really can. He can be the difference in us having to call a lot of blitzes and leaving our corners out there on islands. Um, or we can just run two high looks. We can run cover three looks, cover two looks on third down and not have to blitz and the quarterback still doesn't have time. So we'll see how um, – how much he's come along, but I'm expecting a big jump this year in Quishon Fuller. And let's go to number four in a replacing starter, um, a transfer from Cincinnati, Jaquan Shepard. Yes, we need him to be big this year. 
If you look at the cornerback room last year, it was awesome with Deontay Banks, Jacorian Bennett on the outside, two NFL players, two top-of-the-line Big Ten cornerbacks, first-round pick Deontay Banks, fourth-round pick Jacorian Bennett. Awesome players, and you can't forget about Tar Heapsdale, who's back, of course, who you also could have put in this top five. I'm going to ruin it by saying he's not in the top five, but he's definitely an honorable mention, who was in the slot last year. So having those three guys... Um, at cornerback position last year, and having to replace Deontay and Jacorian, we're going to need Jaquan Shepard to step up with the amount of talent that we play on the outside um, this year and in the Big Ten. There's plenty of high-level wide receivers. Obviously, everyone talks about Marvin Harrison, Emeka Mbuka, but Ohio State obviously has a ton. Michigan has a ton. Every single team has wide receivers. There's a surplus of them. There's always a ton of them. Um, so in, And they're going to be going to the Big Ten because it's one of the best conferences. But can Jaquan Shepard play at the high level? We saw him play at Cincinnati. We need him to be a number one cornerback. We need a number one cornerback on this team to shut down a guy like Marvin Harrison. And he plays with physicality. I was watching his highlights from last year before the podcast. He plays with energy, and I think he can bring a new, young energy to the team. And he likes to fly around. Um, But I think that energy that he brings is going to be really important in getting us up to play, getting us super excited to play, just rolling out there. But I think he does have really good cover skills. I think he has the tools to be one of the better um, cornerbacks in the Big Ten. But we'll see what type of player he is. But like I said, we're really going to need it with replacing Deontay Banks and Jacorian Bennett, just two awesome players from last year. It's big shoes to fill, but I'm confident in him as a player to be able to fill it. He was an awesome player at Cincinnati, like I said. So I think he can do some really good things. But let's move on to number three on this list, the transfer from Tennessee. A lot of transfers made this list, and Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips was young. Redshirt freshman, huge guy. Like I said in another podcast, got tree trunks for legs. If you see that guy, you're like, yes, that dude plays football, 6'3". But why is he the most third most important player on our team, on the defense? It's because we need him to be able to stop the run. I think that is our biggest weakness right now in looking at the team. I have trust in the secondary and Bo and Dante and even Jaquan Shepard who hasn't played for us yet, but he's played at such a high level at Cincinnati that I have a lot of confidence in him. And of course, Tarheep still, obviously we're unsure about that third cornerback spot, but the defensive line and this part of what I was saying about Krishan Fuller, they concern me the most and they're the difference in our team right now. Same thing with the offensive side of the ball and the offensive line. Those guys are really hard to find. It's hard to find body types that work in there that can be legit impact guys that can move at a Big Ten level and get pressure and be an NFL type of player in the future. And I'm not saying Jordan Phillips is an NFL type of player. He's still very young. I mean, I'm he can get there for sure. He has a ton of talent. He can come in here and be one of our best defensive linemen um, right away. I expect him to start at the D-tackle position, but I got off a little bit off course a little bit. Why is he the most important player, third most important player? We need him in stopping the run. 
and I think he can plug up the middle. He's huge. Um, he's got ton of talent to do that. And I was just looking back at some stats from last year, and I remembered very vividly what happened against Michigan in a game that was back and forth, a game that we could have won. Let me remind you, we were down or we lost by seven points. Um, we fumbled the opening kickoff. I talk about this a lot because we should have won the game, honestly. We bit ourselves in the foot. But Jordan Phillips is here. And like I said, against Michigan, Blake Corum ran for 200 yards against us. And we lost the game by seven points. I understand Corum is awesome. Their offensive line is awesome. But 200 yards just can't happen. You know what I mean? Like, that just can't happen to one player to rush for over 200 yards. And that's why Jordan Phillips, we need him to be able to plug up the middle. Obviously, Quorum can get to the outside still, and we're going to need guys like Wyatt, Donnell Brown, and Quishon Fuller to set the edge, and Jayshon Barham to play the middle linebacker spot really well. But in terms of getting one and two yard games against us instead of always a five yard easy gain. I think that's where Jordan Phillips can obviously help a lot with how big he is and how he can plug up the middle. Um, very talented player. And I'm excited to see what he can do. And if you want to hear the top two, stick around after this ad from eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for a green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only. Available to U.S. customers. Eligible times and exclusions apply. So who are the top two most important players on the Maryland defense? Let's get into the number two player. You guys are probably wondering because there's a lot of different players that could still be potentially picked. But at number two, I'm going with Bo Braid, the experienced safety. Um, Overall, he's a beast. Bo's a beast. He can make game-changing type of plays. I, love, I like using that quote because game-changing type of plays, if you have a Enough players that can legitimately wreck a game and make one play that can game change a play. That's where I think you can start accumulating wins that you're not supposed to win. If one or two players makes a game changing play. If we look at against a Penn State or Michigan, if Bo can make a interception and we're down by seven and then Talia marches down the field and scores. You know what I mean? Like players that can make game-changing type of plays. Not every single play, they have to be consistently really good. I'm just saying a player that can make a game-changing type of play. Bo is going to be a consistent, really good player for us. He's been that for us. He was that last year. He led our team in tackles, which you probably don't want. Again, you probably want one of our linebackers, probably Barham, the leader team in tackle this year. But Bo, 
did lead our team in tackles last year because that means the running backs and receivers are getting past our cornerbacks or getting to the third level of the defense, which we don't want. Obviously, Bo's an awesome tackler. tackler. That's one of his best parts of his game. Um, in the box type of safety. I'm going to see us do that a little bit more this year. Instead of running a, so much too high, I want to throw Bo in the box, run single high with Dante, let Dante roam and run single high and force teams to pass the ball against us. I want to see us do that. We might give up some big plays sometimes, and it definitely will depend on the matchup we're going against. But sometimes if a team is such a heavy run attack and we're just getting gassed in the run game, I'd rather pick our poison and make a team throw against our corners and Tarheeb Still and Jaquan Shepard if those guys are holding up pretty well and let Bo operate in the box because obviously I think that's his number one strength as a player is playing in the box and hitting. He can hit. Best tackler on the team, arguably, but Bo can make game-changing plays, like I said. And then also just the experience he brings – um, um, started the full year last year, played a ton the year before that. He's an experienced player now, knows what to expect, is a leader of the defense also. So I'm expecting big things from Bo on what he brings from leadership, what he brings on the field, off the field. And I was checking off some, checking out some draft boards and safety positional rankings and he's in the top five in a lot of people's NFL draft safety rankings they talk about him his versatility as a player and how much he brings and how he flies around and I think that's what he'll bring again this year had two interceptions last year I hope he can get to maybe three that's a lot to ask those can be kind of lucky and you got to get the right bounces but Bo Braid has a chance to be a first team Big Ten all type of safety or a second team Big Ten safety so we'll see what he does this year, but he's definitely the second most important player, in my opinion. Could argue him as the first most important player as being one of the best safeties in the country. But the number one most important player, in my opinion, is one of the most talented defensive players that we have seen in a while in Jayshon Barham. When I mean this guy is one of the most talented defensive players we have had, I mean that. With everything. This kid has a chance to go down as Maryland's best linebacker ever. And I'm don't say that lightly. That might be a crazy thing. You might think that now. But last year as a freshman, true freshman All-American, um, one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten already. And this is my thing that I have a problem with a little bit with the coaching staff. I do have a problem with how much we rotate at times. I understand wanting to get multiple guys experience. I understand rotation on the defensive line. But this year, Jayshon Barham should be playing every single snap. If Jayshon Barham isn't playing every snap, unless he's hurt, unless we're up by 40, he should be in the game. He's too good of a player not to be on every snap. I understand last year he was a freshman and he was getting his toes wet and everything, but he still started. But this year, there's no excuse for the defensive staff to sub him out at all. I just don't see why we wouldn't have him in every single play. He's just too good of a player. Um, he has a chance to be our leading sack. Um, he, ugh, excuse me. He has a chance to lead the team in sacks this year. He has a chance 
to lead our team in tackles. I think he should lead the team in tackles and tackle for loss. He has a chance to just be an all Big Ten type of player. I've been throwing that around a little bit too lightly. I've been kind of saying that everyone has a chance of doing that. But truly, Jay Sean Barham has a chance to be a, an all Big Ten type of player. I'm going to say he has a chance to be a first-round draft pick. He's a while away from it. He still has this year and, and next year if he wants to go early. But he will have that opportunity. The sideline, the sideline speed that he plays with, and the ability to even rush the passer. Sometimes Maryland lined him up on the edge. The versatility. He's exactly what the NFL wants in present day. Linebacker. But how does he um, help the team today? Like I said, why is he most important? Middle linebacker. I think he'll be the best player on defense. Him or Bo, you could argue. But as a true sophomore, what he can do. And how on a consistent basis just make plays and the speed that he can play with I think you have to put Jay Sean Barham at number one he's an awesome player though and he could legitimately be one of the best Maryland linebackers in a while and potentially ever but some players that missed out on the list um Dante Trader I touched on him a little bit um it's his second year as a starter Dante could definitely be in this top five um he has excellent range. Um, he has the potential to be one of the better players on this defense. Next year, I think, is the year Dante, we put him in the potentially the top three. I think he can improve a little bit in some areas. Obviously, every player on the team can. But Dante was awesome last year, too. That safety duo of Bo and Dante has a chance to be one of the best in the Big Ten. And we're going to need it if we want to do what the – team and coaching staff is talking about with the Big Ten Championship. I think um, a King Basote, Tommy King Basote, you also could have put in there because of the same reason as Jordan Phillips. I think Tommy King Basote offers a little bit of pass rush from the defensive tackle spot, but he was a highly talented recruit, and we're going to need him to help stop the run. He's been in the defensive line rotation for the last couple of years now, but we're going to need him to take a bigger step now as a starter. You also could have put Tarheeb still in there. I touched about him. I really thought about it, and maybe I should have because of his versatility. He offers at the cornerback position where he can play slot and play outside and is going to do a whole lot of different things for us this year. I might should have put in Tarheeb still, but you could argue any of those guys could be in there. Um, maybe Ruben Hippolyte because last year he was injured a good bit, but if if the two starters are Ruben and Jayshon Barham, um, we kind of know what we're going to get from Jason Barham. He's going to be excellent. And if Ruben can also be a really good player, then we're talking about a scary linebacker group. So you could have put him as an underrated player in there. Um, those are just a couple players that I wanted to mention that I thought could have been honorable mention type of players. Um, but next, how many votes is Maryland receiving in the top 25? We'll talk about it after this break. All right, Maryland received zero votes in the top 25. Do they deserve that, or should we be in the top 25 or at least getting some votes? I'm going to tell you quickly, this team is interesting. I'm not going to say we should be in the top 25, but no votes is kind of crazy to me. If you look at the coaches' poll, which I think is Tells us a lot where the coaches see other teams. We received 10 votes in the coaches poll. But in the first top 25 poll, we didn't receive any votes. 
this is kind of what I'm thinking. Why? I think a lot of people look at us and are like, Maryland, oh, they're good, but they're just not quite there in terms of on the offensive and defensive line. I'm thinking maybe they're thinking our wide receiver group dropped off from last year. But a lot of people that I talk about in the Maryland media say that the Maryland wide receiver group is going to be better this year than last year. And that was with three guys in the NFL camps now. So maybe from the outside, they look at it like that. But at the end of the day, I'm also surprised we didn't get a top 25 vote because if you look at it, a lot of people look at the quarterback position. And if you have a good quarterback, you have a good team, a lot of people say, and we have a good quarterback. So, and not only a good quarterback, one of the best Maryland quarterbacks ever in Talia. So, I kind of expected people to see Talia and see some of the other players, Jayshon Barham, Bo Braid, and say, yeah, this team is a top 25 team, and how they ended last year. And a lot of people are picking us to finish between fourth and sixth in the Big Ten. Of course, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. But a lot of people are fin- are picking us to finish right in there with the Wisconsin's of the world um, and the Illinois. So to not receive a top 25 vote is kind of interesting because um, I'm pretty sure Wisconsin is in there. And then, yeah, Wisconsin was definitely in there. And then Illinois is also receiving votes. And those are two teams I think we're right there with. I think as a program, Wisconsin is ahead of us. They're consistently top 25. They always have a really good team. They might not be at the upper echelon, but they are consistently a top 20, top 25 team every year. Um, They have an identity. They have a new coach also, but they always have good backs, always have offensive linemen. So they have their identity as a program. And, but I think we're getting there. Um, the fact that people are upset that we aren't getting a top 25 vote shows kind of where we are as a program. And I think we have a legitimate reason to be upset. But on the bright side, it's an early preseason top 25. If we start this season 3-0, and which we 100% should, with Towson Charlotte, those games should have, have to be wins. There's no question about those. If we get upset in one of those games, that would just be extremely disappointing. But then we go to Virginia. That should be a win, too. We have more talent. We're better than Virginia right now as a program. And then we play a swing game um, against Michigan State in the first um, five games. And then that's away. I think we have a better team than Michigan State. Um, They lost their quarterback to Auburn and Peyton Thorne, who just got named the starter, actually, over at Auburn. But that's the first kind of swing game. And... I think we're better, but it's an away game, and Michigan State always has a good program. They have good players. So, but we could realistically start the season 5-0 and um, going into Ohio State. So, if we start the season there, we're definitely going to be in the top 25 going into the Ohio State game, and that's going to be one of the most important games, not only this season, but just in a while, because where Coach Lossley talks about us as a program Going into that Ohio State game, if we're ranked in the top 25, then that'll be a huge game. Um, I'm pretty sure it's here um, at Maryland. I'm, po- I'm pretty positive that it's here at Maryland. So the crowd is going to be filled. There's going to be a ton of excitement if we're ranked top 25. Um, it is a game that's on Peacock. I actually want to touch on that 
Peacock, you actually have to subscribe to Peacock to watch Ohio State versus Maryland, which is kind of crazy. I do have Peacock already because my family watches different shows on it or whatever. But to watch the Maryland-Ohio State game, you have to pay for Peacock. That's, like, I don't love that for the fans. I don't love that for people who don't want to pay for outside subscriptions that maybe are less fortunate, that can't do that. I kind of wish that wasn't a thing. But that's kind of the world we're headed towards, um, streaming and different things like that. But overall, I think, by the end of the year, we have a really good chance of being in that top 25. And even by the first, by Ohio, the Ohio State game, we're going to have be in the top 25, I think. But that's all for today. Please like and subscribe, guys. Thank you for listening to Locked on Terps. Please tune in every day. We're here every weekday. The season's coming. We're going to be talking a ton of football. And then basketball season will be right after that. We talk about recruiting. We talk about everything. So subscribe. Like, and thank you for listening to Locked on Terps.